Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Did we just become best friends? Yup! Best friends forever! Fantasy, best friends forever. Hour number two, Fantasy Best Friends Forever, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Frank Stample, Greg Sussman here alongside the closer, Chris Venture. What's up, Chris? What's up, guys? How you doing? It's your boy, the closer. Um, Ring the bell. Ring the bell. I love it. Josh Bell. Allegheny River. There you go. 470-foot bomb. Yeah. It wasn't even a bomb. It was like a rocket, you know? It was on a line, almost. Frank wants to go nuts, by the way. You're wearing the Rockies hat about this David Dahl, Daniel Murphy thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bring that Rockies hat over here. <laughs> He's going to stomp you want on it. it? He's going to stomp yeah, on it. Stomp it's it old. You could throw it in it. the crash. I need a new one anyway. Maybe Piss that's the problem. Off, man. I, I know what you're saying. You have four Rockies on that one team, too. That's rough. Well, yeah. And, you know, I see a six-game week in Coors Field. Right. And I get excited about it. Yeah. And then no one's in the freaking lineup. <laughs> yeah, let's play Ian Desmond over David Dahl. Yeah, why is Dahl Rymo, not playing? Rymo Tapia is a lefty, too. Right. Why is he playing over David Dahl? Dahl it's not like Dahl's hitting poorly. He's hitting over 300. Yeah, because we need <laughs> Mark Reynolds in the lineup instead of uh, Daniel Murphy. That's what we need. We need more Mark Reynolds. Yeah, he shouldn't be uh, in the lineup all too much. <sighs> I was asking Greg a bunch of questions throughout the break. Who can I trade Daniel Murphy for? I'm, I'm trading these guys. I don't want them. Sean wants to trade. Uh, I don't want them. Sean upstairs, uh, downstairs in the pit wants to trade Murphy as well in the pit league. Maybe I'll acquire him. Maybe I'll go acquire him. Go acquire him. Trade for him. You like him. Yes. And then, yeah. Are you still... Enjoy it when he doesn't play every day. You still believe. Great. Oh, that he, he's going to be okay. I do. So okay. frustrating, man. Okay. I mean, he Honestly, could... this is exactly what fantasy owners shouldn't do. <laughs> Learn from my mistake. You're selling low, yeah. If you're selling. Don't just freak out because the guy's not in the lineup and try and trade him. <laughs> but I'm, I'm going to make a trade today. <laughs> I asked him, do you think I could get Victor Robles for David Dahl? What do you think? For David Dahl? Yeah. Yeah. I think you can. All right, I'm going to send it. David Dahl for Victor Robles. I think, I think Make it happen. Can. All right, cool. Make it happen here, Greg. Sure. Uh, we we, got, cool we have it. some day baseball going on today, too. Start yeah. We have a few games that are about to start up White right Sox, now. White Sox, Cleveland. Detroit, the Angels are in a rain delay. Boo. Wow. Yep. You upset about that, too? Yeah, not so much. I really wish that Zach Eflin or Vinny Velasquez were, were Jared Eikhoff, because <laughs> he has been fantastic. He has. And a couple of weeks ago, when we talked about ranking the Phillies, I believe I put Icall first on that list. You did. Yeah. I, I did not. I think did. Nola? I think he was. No, not uh, those. Yeah, outside it was, of it Nola. Was, it was Eflin and Velasquez, Icoff and Pavetta. Yeah, I, I don't know that we included Pavetta in the ranking. I think it was just Icoff, Eflin, and Velasquez. Okay. Um, and I, I think that's how I ranked it. I might have had Velasquez ahead of uh, Eflin, but after this week's funeral, uh, I mean... He's uh, Vince Velasquez is dead to us from a fantasy perspective, but mm-hmm. man, Jared Eikhoff, guy's been awesome. I, I look, he's not going to continue to be this awesome, mm-hmm. but last night, yes, pretty damn good lineup. St. Louis Cardinals goes into St. Louis. That's two nights in a row. 
you get Aaron Nola. That's right. And then you get Jared Eikhoff. I mean, eight, I mean, there's eight a, shutout innings for Jared Eikhoff. There's a chance that the Cardinals, maybe they're just going through a cold spell right now. But, man, we'll take that from Jared Eikhoff. Three hits, three walks, four strikeouts on the day for Jared Eikhoff. I, I can't see it lasting long, though, with Eikhoff. I've seen this before with him. Why not? I don't trust him. I just don't trust him. He did have a season back in 2016 where he... He, he was good. He had a 3.65 ERA. Yeah. Over 197 innings. And then was horrible the year after. Pretty good. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, he's been pretty bad the past couple of years, but it's not completely insane that he can have fantasy value because we've, we've seen him do it over an entire season, almost 200 innings pitch. Has he changed? I know you like to see if guys change something. Mm-hmm. Has he changed something? You would know more than... So, yeah, he actually has. He's using a cutter more this year. Mm-hmm. Um, he threw it last year about 10% of the time. This year, he's throwing it 30% of the time. So, that seems to be something that's in the mix for him this year. He's using this cutter more. Seems to be helping him. Again, addition by subtraction, just not using his fastball as much, using this, this cutter more, uh, and mixes in a curveball. So, he's, he uses the four-seam at time, a little bit straighter, uses the cutter, throw people off, and then also uses a curveball. The swinging strike rate, 12.1%. Pretty good. Yep. Higher than league average. His first pitch strike percentage, very good. Uh, the chase rate, not all that great. Uh, and again, he has a 1.50 ERA. His XFIP is 4.09. That's because he hasn't given up a home run yet. And he pitches in Citizens Bank Park. So right. there's going to be some games where he gives up some homers and he comes back a little bit. But even if he pitches to a high threes ERA as a pitcher that you picked up off the waiver wire, that's, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. A high threes ERA. With a good run support behind you in the Phillies, he's going to win some games too, Venture. Mm-hmm. How much would you recommend spending? See, like I wouldn't spend I'm not too much. Break the bank yeah, four to five percent, okay. something like that. Yeah, again, there's going to, there's going to be some regression. He's right. not going to pitch to a sub two ERA. So yeah, that's I, the- overall. I do like him. He's doing something different. The swinging strikes are there. Uh, he's averaging over a strikeout per inning right now. The strikeouts weren't necessarily there. Uh, last night, he only had four over eight innings, so you want to see that be a little bit better, but against a good lineup in the Cardinals, you know who was not good on the other side? Jack Flaherty! <sighs> Five innings, four hits, I'm four runs. I'm buying, though, man. I'm three. buying low. If, if, if someone's freaking out, I'm trying to get him on my team. The guy's a stud. Uh, look, it didn't happen yesterday. I actually benched him in the league that we talked about earlier on uh, this week, Greg. I benched him for you, Darvish, who's going today against the Marlins. So, so we'll see. We'll see how that works out, but... Oh, right now, I feel pretty good about yeah. the decision because Jack Flaherty did not pitch well uh, and didn't have the strikeouts last night either. Uh, well, it, it was actually a day game, but only had two strikeouts in five innings. Just overall didn't have it yesterday, Venture. But if someone's freaking out in your league, I'm trying to buy Jack Flaherty right now. I'm with you. Uh, obviously, we know, you know Flaherty's got great stuff, and he's still young. He's still a guy who's you know, is going to go through some growing pains. You know, Last year, he had a phenomenal season, and I feel like he kind of took the league by surprise. This year, they know about him. He's going to have to make adjustments. And I think he's got the overall stuff, the control, the mentality to do it. So I, I, would, I would definitely buy. And you're right. There might be people that are freaking out. I mean, the last three starts before that weren't so, so bad. The Ks were up. He had nine Ks and 10 Ks against uh, Milwaukee on the 22nd of April. So, like, he's shown those signs of breaking out. But he's still going through some bad starts here and there. And this wasn't a terrible start. It just wasn't. A Flaherty start, you know what I mean? Two Ks, not like him. If he had six Ks as opposed to two, we'd be looking at it right now like, oh, he had a pretty decent start. If he had six innings, quality started. Definitely. Right. I'd be willing to bet that 
he's had one of the toughest schedules to start the season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With all the starts against, he's had three starts against the Brewers. He had to face the Phillies yesterday, which is an out of division game, and that's why you see the ERA a little bit inflated at a four three two. But the xFIP three point five four. His home run to fly ball ratio is twenty one point six percent. That's not going to stand. Yeah. The swinging strikes are still there. This guy throws, throws mid-90s. He's got a wipeout slider. What's his strength? The command is better this year. His walks per nine last year were 3.5. This year, it's 2.8. That's pretty good. Exactly. The command is there. What's his strand rate? I bet that's uh, it's, low. It's 77.1%, so it's actually pretty much it's in, it's in par, line with where it should par, be. Yeah. yeah, so that's fine, but he's just giving up too many home runs right now. That's the biggest issue for him. Yeah, and he faced Milwaukee three times already. Exactly. <laughs> I'm buying, man. I'm yeah. buying Jack Flaherty. Please I'm give me you. all the Flaherty shares. You with it, Greg? Buy yeah, I'm, I'm buying, man. I'm in. You got me. All right. For sure. Awesome. Uh, Hitting-wise, Cesar Hernandez hit his third home run of the year, while Bryce Harvard did not, going over three with a walk, striking out two more times. Bryce's average is at 231. The Phillies fans are getting restless, gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably going to get a little bit more restless tonight after the uh, after the 76ers lose. <laughs> Sorry, Philly. Hot. That series has just had so many momentum shifts, Greg. Where yeah, it like, really has. I thought, I thought like Philly was about to take over and then just flipped on a, a dime. Toronto's doing their thing. Uh, but anyway, back to Bryce Harper. Um, still hitting the ball really hard this year. He's, his BABIP is actually... So this is interesting, Greg. His BABIP is 303. He's a career 317 BABIP guy. Yeah, his batting average is 231. Seems bad. So he's... He's pulling the ball a lot. And then, yeah, 53% of the time he's pulling. So I think he's just really, really hitting right into the shift. Yeah. A ton of the time. And he, I think he's getting killed a lot by that. I mean, maybe this is part of the reason why all the other teams in baseball didn't want to give this guy $300 million. He is a lefty who at times has struggled a little bit against lefties. He's very pull happy in an era where... Teams are doing crazy things to try and get out these extreme pull-hitting lefties. Mm-hmm. They have these crazy shifts. They're playing with four outfielders now. This might be part of the reason. His pull rate is up this year. His infield fly ball rate is up. So seems like he might be pressing a little bit. The strikeouts are up. Uh, he has the pressure of playing in Philly. New place to play. Lots of expectations. So I'm a little worried. Are you? I'm a, yeah, look, looking at, these, looking at the, the strikeouts and... And the pull rate and, and the infield fly balls. He's going to get better. He's not a 231 hitter. We know that. We saw in the second half what he's capable of doing. He, he hit close to 300 or maybe even over 300 in the second half last year. But I do have some concerns over him right now. He might, he might be pressing a little bit too hard. Yeah. I, I'm not too concerned because of, I mean, the walk rate's great. It's always great. It's always great. Yeah. That's the thing you get in with Harper is you know that people are afraid to pitch this guy. Uh, the power's insane. Um, you know, he, he's going to get hits. He's going to get his. Even if he ends up batting 250, right, which you don't want. You're looking for more like, what, 270 maybe at the end of the year if you paid for him. Um, his range of outcomes is crazy. It's crazy, right? Because, right. like, we've seen him hit 330 for a season. Right. And this year he's hitting 230. And last year he hit 249. So he was one of the hardest players for me to project, Greg. And mm-hmm. I liked Bryce Harper a lot because he – in that late first round range, he was one of those players that you say, I could take him in the late first round, and he can be one of the top three players drafted the next season. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of players you could say that about. Right. But he has that upside. Yes, he does. He puts everything together and hits over 300 with 15 to 20 stolen bases and yep. 40 home runs and all these RBIs and runs scored because he plays in, in Citizens Bank and with that Phillies lineup. Yep. He has one of the biggest upsides, so that's why I liked him a lot. Mm-hmm. But 
He's going through a funk right now, Venture. Yeah, but well, the, I mean, the Babbitt shows, I, I think he'll obviously bring that average up. I don't think it's going to linger around 230 for very long. Um, now, obviously, in my league, I have my drift in first round, but the Ks don't hurt me. So he's still averaging four fantasy points a game in my league, which is elite, uh, even hitting 230. So you know he could do everything else. It's just the average you're worried about right now in like roto leagues and, and leagues that, don't, that count strikeouts. And, and the strikeouts. 47 strikeouts is ridiculous right now. Not great. That's a ton. He's going to cut that down a little bit as the season goes on. So expect a little bit of positive regression here. You know what I'm saying? More to the, to the mean. Because 230 is not what he's going to end up at. You know who's pretty damn good? That's right behind him, Greg. Reese Hoskins. Reese Hoskins. Yeah. We haven't really talked about Reese Hoskins so far this year. I meant to do it yesterday. I just didn't get to 295 it. batting average. 11 dingers. 32 ribbies. He's going to score runs. He's got 25 runs scored because he has a 16% walk rate. This is why I talk about pitching to the Phillies lineup. I don't like starting pitchers against the Phillies lineup. Yeah. Because they're all patient. They're all going to walk. They're going to wait for you to give them a pitch to hit. And then when they get a pitch to hit, they all have the capability to hit bombs. Even Cesar Hernandez hit a home run yesterday. Sure did. So they all have good eyes at the plate. And, and, and it seems like anyone in this lineup can hit a hit a bomb at any point. So mm-hmm. he's doing some nice things this year, Reese Hoskins. You know he's always going to hit a lot of fly balls. He's been among the league leaders in fly ball rate the past three years since he's joined the league. And his hard hit rate is back up. Yeah. Last year it was 34.5%. The year before that, 46%. When he was a rookie, when he came in and took the league by storm, Venture. Mm-hmm. This year, 46%. And you know what I attribute that to, actually? Playing first base full-time. I agree with that. I, I think the fact that. that he had to play the outfield was weighing on him as a hitter last year. Because he's, a, he's not an outfielder. He was a terrible fielder. Yeah. So that was probably messing with like, his confidence. His mentality, yeah. He would be thinking about it when he's at the plate. Now he just comes in. He shows up every day. He knows where he's batting in the lineup. He knows he's playing first base. Doesn't have to worry about anything. And you're seeing the results. Drafted Reese Hoskins, love it. Yeah, you absolutely love it. I mean, you can't ask for much more. I mean, here's the thing. He's batting 295, which is way more than you expected right now. That's going to come down a little bit. Yeah, that'll come down. He's probably a 260, 270. 270, yeah, right. Um, But even last year, 246, he still had a great season with all the other numbers. You know what I'm saying? 34 dingers, 96 ribbies. You serious? Exactly. Uh, And, you know, at that time, you weren't paying so much for him in drafts, uh, you know, before that season. And even where you're paying for him now, the guy's just that good. It's almost like he's such a young guy to say he's like a lock as a player, as this type of player that he is. You know what I mean? Like that 270, 35 homer guy. I feel like he's like a lock for that. Like I'm not worried about it, you know? And he's still so young. He's like 26. It's only his third full season, really. It's amazing. So I think that keepers leagues, he's a keeper, everything. He's, He's completely did everything you've asked for and more right now. 295 average. 420 OBP. I you mean, know the comp ridiculous. I made to him last year before the season started? Anthony Rizzo. Walks a ton. I think he's Anthony Rizzo with more power. Yeah. I think he's a 40 home run and Anthony less Rizzo. ground outs. Yeah. <laughs> Rizzo uh, rolls. I yeah. think Anthony Rizzo, you might trust a little bit more for batting average, like 275, 280. I would expect Reese Hoskins more like a 265, 270 hitter. Mm-hmm. So a little bit lower there, but I think he's going to give you a little bit more power too. The plate discipline, very similar to Rizzo. Yeah. Walks a ton. Yep. So. And now, now in a really good lineup, with a little bit more power. Yeah, now in a really good lineup, he'll walk even more. You know, by the end of the season, he'll probably have more walks than he's ever had. He had 87 last year. He'll probably break that. Before we hit the break, there's one other game I wanted to, to hit on before we talk to Dr. A. That was a Brewers-Nationals game from yesterday. I read an article this morning. Ken Rosenthal thinks Dave Martinez in big, big trouble. Um, but the reason I wanted to talk 14 about— 14-22, that, that was our pick to win the National League East. Man. Sure was. 
what I wanted to get into though, the defense is horrible. That's why. So is their offense. That's, yeah. that's also a problem. <laughs> well, they've also uh, had injuries, a ton of injuries. injuries. Is that yeah. his fault? Ren- is that Davy Martinez's fault? No, but supposedly he also hasn't done a good job. I guess. I mean, Managing. it's not mostly his job. It's not mostly his fault. But yeah, kind of but there are expectations. There is, but the reason I bring this up isn't Christian Yelich, who I talked about hitting the uh, home run yesterday, also stealing a base. Isn't Ryan Braun, who stole his third base. Brandon Woodruff. Gem. Six innings, four hits, one run. He struck out nine. That makes three consecutive starts, guys, where he's allowed just exactly one run. Then the other two, he only went five innings. I recognize that. But three consecutive starts with just one run allowed. I know... At the beginning of the season, I was kind of in on him as, as people like Ronis were drafting him. I was like, well, should I be knowing about Brandon Woodruff? Um, he stunk for a couple of starts. But those last three starts, I know twice against the Mets, once against the Nationals. It's, it's tough to ignore, Frank. Yeah, you want to go out there and grab went, uh, Brandon Woodruff right now if he's available. 71% owned in CBS leagues. He's got a two-start week next week, Greg. Uh, that would be at Philly. Again, I don't love that. Yeah. But at Atlanta, not as daunting. Uh, a Braves lineup that has been inconsistent thus far this season. But the number's really good on Brandon Woodruff, man. The underlying numbers. He's got a 4.25 ERA, 3.32 XFIP, over 11 Ks per nine. Swinging strike rate is ridiculous. This is basically what you were hoping that you would get out of Corbin Burns, except Brandon Woodruff is actually doing it. Right. Two start next week. Uh, Frank gave them to you a moment ago where they are, but they are next week. Two starts. Him and Peacock, top two pitcher ads today. Woodruff, 71% owned though. Yeah, that's in CBS. I've seen him out there in a few other leagues. 20% ESPN. Dr. A joins us next. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates? Well, solving your tax problems is as easy as calling Taxes 321. The IRS is the largest collection agency in the world. You need the best representation to give you peace of mind. You need experienced professionals that can cut through the red tape and stop the collection process. If you have a serious problem with the IRS, call the Taxes 321 Network today. We'll get them off your back. 800-961-3631 Full-time fantasy McHugh got off to a really good start this season His first four starts were phenomenal And as a McHugh owner, you were feeling really good and it has just gone south over the last four starts. And last night against the Royals, I mean, it was just uh, an abysmal start. I'm holding him in a 15-team league. In a 12-teamer, I could see getting rid of him. Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Frank and I are already fighting about the NBA draft lottery when it all goes to hell with the New York Knicks. They got Patrick Ewing repping the Knicks, man. They got to give him the first pick. They got to. 
right? They, they will. Tuesday night's going to be a disaster. It, dude, you think I was on tilt right now with Daniel Murphy and David Dahl. You should see. If the Knicks don't get the first pick, you don't want to see what I'm going to be doing. Thankfully, you'll be at home by the time the lottery art starts. Yeah, it, I'm so you, happy. You guys I'm not would a not want to see me, man. What are you a fan of? Nets. You're a Nets fan? I didn't yeah. know that. I thought Steve was the only Nets fan I knew. I Never a Knicks fan. I thought fan. Venture was just like a Devin Booker fan. I am a de- big time <laughs> Devin Booker fan, but I'm also a Nets fan, yeah. You know, we got Dr. A, who, who's a, a Hawks fan, who also want the first pick on, on Tuesday night. Doc, I, I don't know that we're going to be able to chat next Thursday, in all honesty, if the Hawks are the first pick <laughs> and the Knicks don't. Yeah, it's very unlikely that that happens, but if that happens, that's great. You know, for us, anyway. Great. Just, just what you need. Don't, don't do that, Doc. Pair up, <laughs> pair up Trey with Zion. That's just not fair. Yeah, Trey, Zion, and John Collins, you know. Come on. Anything else you guys want? You're, you got Kevin Hurd, too. Greg's favorite. Unbelievable. And Alex Lynn. And Alex. They got yeah. two Terps. It's crazy. They're basically Maryland Light. Maybe they're going to draft, uh, what's his name? The guy coming out. Bruno. Bruno Fernando. I love that name, by the way. He's awesome. That's a great name. That's Bruno. a cool name theory. Bruno Fernando. Yeah, it is. You know he's strong. Oh, man. He's awesome. We'll talk about that later on. All right, fair enough. Doc, we wanted to, to talk, of course, injuries with you, and I wanted to start uh, with someone that affects my team, naturally. And that's, right. <laughs> and that's Jameson Tyon. And, and Tyon, out of nowhere, has major elbow soreness, which goes for him to visit James Andrews, goes to visit Dr. David Olchek, and now I'm just like, this, guy, this guy's like not going to pitch again this year, isn't he? This, this is what I'm fearful of when it comes to Jameson Tyon. Well, uh, there is a chance of that because of Wait. his previous Tommy John surgery uh, in 2014. Um, there's only one thing worse than Tommy John surgery rec- uh, recovery is getting a re-injury in the same elbow at the, in the same body part and the same ligament uh, of having to do a revision Tommy John surgery. So there is a lot of concern around this. However, um, you know, right now we're listing it as a grade two uh, elbow injury, uh, flexor, an elbow flexor strain. A lot of times having to do, obviously, from a curveball standpoint, um, breaking pitch, uh, uh, the torque that's required, uh, and, uh, you know, sort of a uh, counterclockwise standpoint uh, for a right-handed pitcher. And so um, that uh, on our books at six weeks uh, optimal recovery time for grade two. Now, of course, I'm sure he had an MRI. We don't know the results of that MRI. However, based on indirect information, we think it's a grade two. We don't think it elevates to a, a grade three because that would indicate a partial tear of the ulnar collateral ligament or something else, uh, a tendon abnormality, and that would put him basically end of season for the most part, maybe, you know, uh, September, October timeframe. But right now it's six weeks. Uh, we're looking at June the 15th. 15th is what our data is showing. And, um, you know, anytime before that is a big no-no. So right now, June 15th, until we see the result of the MRI um, uh, in, that, in that respect. If, you, if I get June 15th, I'd be thrilled. Like June 15th, I would be beyond thrilled. Well, they've already said he shut down for four weeks. He's not going to touch a ball for, you know, until the end of May, basically, the beginning of June. And then maybe after that, see how he responds to some throwing, get him on a rehab assignment. I'm sure they're not going to rush him back. I would say, you know, mid to late June is probably the you're absolute gonna, you're, earliest. You're looking at the all-star break. Probably, regarding Jameson the Tyone. They have to be, you know, really cautious when it comes to him. I don't, I don't know. Not, not a lot of people have had a, a tougher road than Jameson Tyone, to be honest. You know, I give you guys some good news, and then you yes. just start to, and then you, you, you don't take the good news, and you just kind of, you know, say, nah, he's going to, it's over. It's over for it's him. It's over. It's <laughs> over. You know, you mentioned uh, that, that using more breaking pitches might have contributed to this. He's actually throwing his slider. 32% of the time this year, Greg. Um, and, and he only threw it 18% of the time last year. So, you know, that's part of what we're talking about here, using that uh, in- increased usage 
of a breaking pitch might be what is actually affecting Jameson Tyone. Talking about, you mentioned also um, the possibility of a torn UCL. Someone who has actually had a slightly torn UCL is David Price, who is now dealing with left elbow tendonitis. Now, Doc, um, are these two things in conjunction with each other? Is he actually still dealing with some of, some of the, the remnants of this partially torn UCL? Or is does tendonitis have nothing to do with it? How does this work with David Price? Yeah, so tendonitis is something different. Um, the UCL is a ligament, and uh, you know, so there's a bunch of ligaments uh, intrinsic within the elbow joint. Uh, the ulnar collateral ligament is the most important one from a stability standpoint. Tendons, you know, there's a bunch of tendons that stabilize the elbow as well. So this is a grade one elbow tendonitis, and so this is just a mi- mild tendonitis, which is good for him, you know. But uh, uh, as you know, you know David Price's history and his age and uh, uh, all of the multiple lengthy absences he had in 17 due to the same elbow and elbow inflammation, all related to pitching, obviously, a throwing elbow. And so good news is, is that it's a grade one. It's not two, three, uh, which would definitely be of serious concern. The bad news is, is his, his age and the amount of load that he's had on that arm and that elbow that right now we're giving it, uh, um, you know, instead of the normal two-week recovery time, we're going to tack on another week. It's really three weeks, May 27th, and possibly four weeks and going into early June right now. So, Greg, David Price strikes me as a guy who, once he returns, if he puts together a few starts, I'm shopping. Yeah. He's pitched really well this year, but based on what I just heard from Dr. A, and I think a lot of it makes sense. I mean, he's had a lot of wear and tear. He's obviously dealing with uh, the partially torn UCL as well. So, comes, comes back, puts together a few good performances. I'm probably looking to shop David Price. David Price, somebody uh, that may not... Uh, come back all that soon. And if he, even if he does, according to Frankie, you want to get rid of him. Talking to Dr. A from Inside Injuries. The Yankees, as Frank likes to say, whenever they get a guy back, somebody has to be sacrificed. And this weekend, they got Clint Frazier back, and James Paxton was sacrificed. He has a, a knee issue. He's going to be throwing under tape tomorrow. And everybody, including Paxton, says, listen, this is not a big deal. I, my, my knee's just a little bit inflamed. They blame the mound at Yankee Stadium. Um, he says he's fine. All seems well. It's not his arm. It's not his elbow. It's not his shoulder. They're all cautiously optimistic when it comes to James Paxton. Should fantasy owners be? Um, so he tweaked his MC, like he's feeling like he's tweaking his MCL. The only way to do that is, 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 you know, sort of the forces on the knee when he puts that plant foot down is, um, you know, not direct and it's causing a little bit of an abnormal force on that MCL. I mean, that's what he's saying, you know, so here's a list of his past injuries, back stiffness, strained left pectoral, left forearm strain, left elbow contusion and a strained left middle finger. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, that, that's sort of a quick history of his injuries. This thing is a grade one left knee um can be managed with pain management so that's good and he's going to get a cortisone injection and that's good um uh you know obviously went under underwent an mri and the very fact that they're only thinking that he's going to miss one or two starts tells me and tells the data algorithm that uh this is probably not a tear of any sort and it's probably just some mild inflammation uh and that's why it's probably listing it as grade one um so right now we're looking at may the 17th for him to come back which is not bad uh, in that regard, given all of his previous injuries. Um, but uh, 
guys, I want you to be cautious here because for pitchers, when they feel like something is not comfortable and it's causing a body part to hurt that is unexpected for them, there could be a compensatory effort to try to avoid doing something uh, the way that you've been doing it for a long period of time. And don't be surprised if something like his back flares up again or, you know, there's another strain of the right hip, let's say, you know, when he's pitching. So that's that's the that's why his injury risk is high still even when he comes back after two weeks um you know may 17th uh um you know pitchers can be very very you know uh sort of uh, squirrely that way and they'll have these compensatory injuries that will sideline them for another two or four weeks here and there and this isn't anything that we're not used to when it comes to james Paxton. right the yankees knew what they were getting in him a guy that hasn't been able to put together a full season because he's dealt with so many injuries fantasy owners knew what they were getting with paxton when he's on the field He's probably one of the 10, 12 best pitchers in fantasy, but it's just a matter of how, me- how much time is he going to miss throughout the course of a season because it seems like he's always going to miss some time. Kind of similarly to David Price, when he comes back, if he puts together a few really good performances, maybe you try and flip him for a top 10, 15 starting pitcher who you know is more likely to be there later on in the season. Let's keep it going here with the Yankees, Doc. Uh, I don't know who's going to be sacrificed next, but John Carlos Stanton was someone that was sacrificed early on in the season He was originally dealing with a bicep strain, and then when he was ready to come back, it turns out he's also dealing with some kind of shoulder thing that's going on now. He gets a cortisone shot, but the Yankees and Stanton together have kind of been like a little, like, they just haven't really given us a ton on this. Like, they haven't given us a ton of updates. Uh, What is the algorithm saying on John Carlos Stanton right now uh, with what he's dealing with, and realistically, when can we expect him back? Yeah, so this is this was a um, left shoulder strain, grade two shoulder strain. Um, you know, uh, right now we had him coming back this week originally, but now we had to revise that because we feel like there's something else going on. Um, we got a little red flag in the algorithm today about Stanton, and it was just, you know, where when we get something like that, um, we feel that the, there's something that the team is not yet revealed, uh, you know, to the public about Stanton, um, and. What we worry about is uh, that he's not ready, and he requires a you know uh, you know sort of more rehab and more rest before he comes back. So, what we normally expect when that happens that maybe the original injury was not a grade two; it was more of a grade three, and that instead of you know that being a um, you know a six week uh, sort of um, I'm sorry a uh, a two-week or three-week recovery time, it'll be more like a five to six-week and sometimes seven-week recovery time. So we're pretty concerned about Stanton at this point. Um, you know, right now we has his uh, healthy to return was May 7th, but now it's probably and looking like it's going to be more like June the 15th. Yeah, it's clear it was not a, it's no longer a biceps injury when it comes to Giancarlo Stanton. It, it's that shoulder that has given him problems in the past. It wouldn't surprise me, based on what Doc just said, too. It kind of put off like a, a light bulb in my head. He might be actually dealing with something even more serious than they're leading on. Because everything that, like, they've shady. been so... It's shady. Shady is the word, man. Like, they're not giving us updates, and they're saying that he's going to start hitting, and then he's not. And it's like... So it's a very weird situation going on with Stanton. I think when we come back from break, Greg, I want to talk a little bit more about sure. Stanton and, and what we should do with him right now if we're owners, because I do own him in two leagues. I'd like to talk about that. No problem. Giancarlo Stanton, the Yankees have been very, very secretive and shady uh, when it comes to this team, when it comes to this injury. And 
that leaves some more questions than answers uh, at this point. Let me complete the Yankee trifecta doc when asking you about Miguel Andujar, who's back. And I know you and Frank were tweeting back and forth um, a couple of days ago. And Andujar is mostly DH since coming back. He can play third base. He had an error. But they said that those throws to first base weren't nearly as as hard as they have in the past. I don't know if he was holding back. I don't know if the strength isn't all the way back. I don't. It doesn't seem like he's tentative with his swing. You said Andujar needed to be out longer. Well, he's back. How nervous should Yankee fans and fantasy owners be that Miguel Andujar won't regain his form anytime soon? Is uh, This was, in my opinion, from a data standpoint, this was a rush. Like, he shouldn't be on the field right now. There's zero reasons for him to be on the field right now because any slight tweak that can make that small labral tear become a large label tear, and then a season's over, and then the Yankees have uh, sort of given up that money that they're paying for him. And so um, the biggest thing here is that um, even though he's back, we strongly disagree, let's just say, <laughs> that he should be back. I wish we could give them our data. Data, and then they could say, "Oh, maybe we want this guy to really rest until May the 27th, um, because that's when he should be back on the field." Is May the 27th? Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem like a great situation going on for Miguel Andujar. Well, May 27th is only like two weeks away, right? Yeah, so. I mean, look, it's hard to that tell. May, if that he's... may be all it all it needs. You know, like yeah. these labral tears can heal pretty quickly. So if there's there if there if there's just two more weeks of rest, um, that makes a big difference. Yeah. Yep. Well, hopefully that. They will then rest him, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens here. Doc, uh, let, let's move over to the Atlanta Braves here. Enough of this Yankee talk, Greg. Max Freed was hit with a line drive the other day in his pitching hand. Says he's scheduled to make his next start. He, ex- he expects to do so. Um, x-rays were negative. Is this something that can linger with him? What do you have going on with Max Freed? Yeah, only psychologically. Um, you know, it's a great, it's a, it's a soft tissue hand contusion, no fracture, um, nothing else is going on. So this optimal recovery time is really just one week. So he won't, he shouldn't miss a start for all intents and purposes. This particular injury won't really affect him uh, on his next start. Some good news, Greg. Very good news. Max, Freed. Max Freed. How about that? Good to go. Awesome. Good I'd like to hear that. Go Max Freed. Well, let's, stay, let's stay in the NL East. Let's go to Stephen Matz, who has like a nerve issue we read in his arm or his hand or his elbow or something. What does that mean? <laughs> well, so forearm nerve issue. So the most common uh, nerve issue in the forearm uh, with baseball players and pitchers is a syndrome called cubital tunnel syndrome. <laughs> You guys can look it up. All right. Uh, it's, um, you know, it's typically, you know, you guys know when you rest your elbow on the table for a while, you feel like your, um, you know, your fingers start to get numb sometimes if you're kind of, you know, kind of resting your elbow in a certain way. I don't know. Um, uh, you know, so there's a nerve. There's the ulnar nerve that flows through this little tiny tunnel um, through the elbow. And when you start to get spurring in that tunnel and that bone, it starts to compress that nerve and you start to get pain and numbness every time you, you know, basically throw a baseball. So I don't know exactly, um, you know, what the nerve issue is, but it's something like that where there's probably some impingement of a nerve that's causing, you know, this issue. And really the only thing that will solve it is, you know, if it's not bad enough, I mean, if it's not that bad, then they'll inject the area. They will decrease the inflammation and some pain medication. You could probably play through, but if, it, if the spurs are big enough, Enough, they will have to operate and do a cleanup procedure, and then he'll be out for another four to six weeks in that regard. I mean, you know, Matt's right, guys. Like the, he has been, you know, Tommy John surgery, flexor strain, season-ending surgery, compressed nerve, 
in the pitching elbow again. Um, you know, so you had this sort of in 2017. So this looks like a the same problem just flaring up. He may need to actually have surgery uh, again. Because remember, he, they had to reposition a nerve in his pitching elbow in 2017. So they may have to do it again. They may there may be scar tissue. There may be bone spurring. You know all of that stuff. So if that happens, you won't see him for a while. Right now, without the surgery, if he rests for two weeks, they can try him again with some um, pain medication and to see how he goes. But if he has another setback and he has pain and this same thing happens. Don't be surprised to hear that they're going to shut him down uh, for a long period of time, and then he's going to consult to see if he has to have surgery to reposition the nerve again. Dr. Ray, we have about a minute left, and you know everyone yeah. on YouTube chat is kind of killing us. We have, we have some names on here um, uh, about long-term guys we're waiting on the response. But oh. if, you, if you can, if you can, forget those guys for a second. If, if you can, what did you see about Kevin Durant last night? Um, that's the big story, obviously, with, with his injury. If, if you... You didn't see it all good, but I wanted to ask you if you know anything about K- KD. Well, it's a calf strain, right? And basketball players, this is a very, very classic. You know, these guys, these tall guys that can do point guard and be power forwards and shoot the three and do all of that kind of stuff. They're, uh, you know, when you're 6'10", 6'11", and trying to move all around the court, you're going to have these strains. It looks like it's a grade one to grade two calf strain. Obviously, it's the playoff, so he is going to try everything in his power to be back. But this is a highly recurrent injury and will hamper him in the next game because the optimum recovery time is a two week recovery time for this so he will be playing banged up now uh if he has enough pain medication and injections he may be able to get through it but the worst thing possible was for, is for him to worsen this grade two to go to a grade three so he's taking a big risk and it will, will impact him in the next game and that's why our algorithm on the matchup on the spread is actually putting now um the 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 rockets uh, to be favored in that matchup as opposed to uh not be Right, so the Rockets, heavy favorites at home in Game 6 thanks to Kevin Durant's injury. Durant should not be playing, according to Dr. A. Doc, always a wealth of information. We appreciate the time. Good luck, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, guys. Have a great day. Awesome. All right, we'll take a break here. We'll come back. We want to mention Giancarlo Stanton. we got a whole lot more to do as well. BFFs, Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Made Sailors is the leading cleaning service in New York City and Boston. We service homes, offices, corporate apartments, and Airbnb turnarounds. Give us a call or a text at 212-299-5170 to book now. That's 212-299-5170. Use the promo code FNTSY for 15% off your first cleaning. For more information, go to MadeSailors.com. That's MadeSailors.com. Make it rain. Clay Thompson's a great player, but let's not elevate him to Kevin Durant or Steph Curry status. Chris Middleton and Clay Thompson, they're the second or third option on a team to the star of that team. That's exactly what Clay Thompson is. So but if you lose your star, option, is he really? Like, what do yes. we know about Clay Thompson yes. without Steph Curry and Kevin Durant? Curry I know that he's Kevin still going to get a max contract this summer. But so what? Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Maurice Allen, 2015-2016 European Long Drive Tour Champion, 2017 World Number One. Me personally, I keep my game face on me all the time. 
especially coming out of the bunker, leaving the range, or even leaving the course. What's your story? Go to GameFaceGrooming.com for all your athletic facial wipes and body cleansing needs. The Morning After. Uh, ESPN, Golick, and, uh, and Buddy there, Wingo. Their little thing, like, uh, if your nickname would be a food, what would it be? I'm thinking, dear God, yeah. ESPN. Like, yeah. you guys. Like, That's what you get. Let's go, but where's Dan Patrick interviewing athletes and stuff? What are you guys doing? I like this one better. Got a bad beat. What porno title, like, equates? I got screwed harder than Lisa Ang in Gangbang 13 <laughs> last night, man. Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Back with you on the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Chris Ventura, Frank Stample, Greg Sussman all hanging out with you here on a Thursday. we got some baseball going on as we speak. Frankie, before we continue on from the stuff from last night that we wanted to still get into, you wanted to mention something on Giancarlo Stanton. Yes, I wanted to get your guys' thoughts here because it seems like his season is kind of at a crossroads right now. And as a fantasy owner, you need to figure out what you can do with him. I realize that trading him now, you're not going to get back what... Well, you drafted him. If you drafted him in the second in my home league, I got him in the third round. So you're not going to get back that same value. But I will open this up to you guys. Do you think based on what's going on and how shady, for lack of a better term, the Yankees have been with him, that this might just be a lost season for him? Do you trade him now while you can still get some value for him? Because as I mentioned, I think it could go two, two ways. He can either... This could be something that lingers all season long for him, and he's just not the player we thought he was, or he comes back and he starts raking and he right. starts hitting home runs the way that we thought. But if it goes that route that I mentioned first, the former, then you are going to want to trade him now while you can still get some value for him. So that's why the wheels started spinning in my head while I heard Dr. Ray talk about it, and I do think that the Yankees might be hiding something from everyone right now. Greg, mm-hmm. do you try and trade Stanton now? while he still has some value. This is tough. It is a tough situation. Very tough. I have him in a, I have him in a home league where I could. I could try and move him right now. Mm-hmm. And I think... Well, what are you going to get? So, that's a good question. That's the problem. I can use pitching. And I was thinking, if I could get a top 20-ish starter for Stanton right now, I think I would do it. Oh, yeah. What do you think, Craig? Who? Give me a name. Jack Flaherty. Do you think you get Flaherty for Stanton right now? No. Interesting. I, I, I don't think you can get him. You do Walker Bueller for him. I would take Walker Bueller for him. Okay. You're not really the Bueller guy. I think you'll have an easier time getting uh, Flaherty than Bueller right now, though. I think it's close. It is close. I mean, yeah, like those are fringy, like top 20 starting pitchers right mm-hmm. now. Uh, this guy's more. He's like on the fringe, like a Herman Marquez. So don't forget about this. So in our, in our pit league, the day of the Corey Kluber injury, like that day earlier, Martino traded away Stanton for Kluber. Or so we traded away Kluber for Stanton. Got right Stanton in return, right. Yeah, I mean, it might just be a lost season for both of them, yeah, to be honest. It might be a wash, complete wash. And then trade. someone dropped Kluber, so I picked him up. You picked him up, which <laughs> is crazy. Yeah, it shouldn't have Herman Marquez. Would you trade Stanton to get Marquez? I don't venture would. Uh, yeah. It's your boy. Yeah. What about Bieber? Yeah, I would trade him for Bieber. Patrick Corbin? Yes. Yeah. 
Mm. Bieber too. Uh, only because like there's what about like, Bumgarner. No. 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 Uh-uh. Kershaw. I have to look at a Kershaw. I no, would. I don't, pretty I don't good. Know. Yeah. I would. Been pretty good. Okay. I, I like that's that's the range that I might be looking at trying to trade Stanton right now, and it might turn out that we're we're wrong about this, but I don't know. Nobody knows for sure. It's a tough situation. That's why I wanted to bring it up. It, it's one that I'm currently battling myself as an owner. That's why there might be other people that are thinking about it too. The problem with this is that, one, you paid a ton for him. You drafted him in either the first or second round, right? Second round. Second round. Basically. Yeah. Uh, in my keepers league, he was drafted in the first round. So it's a problem. Um, and then the other thing is that he's had many injuries in the past that have affected him for, you know, half the season, longer sometimes. He's had a case of injuries. I know some of them have been unlucky, like getting hit in the face. But I think that if it's really that long, I think you should try to get something in return for him. Because if he's out, you know, let's say for another two months. Doctor said it might be the middle of June. So that's about that's a month, month and a half. half. Yeah. yeah. So let's say it's two months, right? It's expecting maybe the worst. At that point, if your team's in trouble right now, if you're one in four, I think you got to do something because how is Stanton going to help you within the next two months? You might be two and eight, two and nine. If I lose this week, I'm going to be two and four. And he's not helping me. Yeah. He's not helping me on the aisle. He's rotting, yeah, on the bench. You know, this might be something that lingers all year for him. It might be something that even when he comes back, this is a guy who depends on power for his fantasy value, and now he's got a shoulder injury. Right. Is he even going to be the same when he comes back? Exactly. That's why I'm posing this question. Now there's a chance that he comes back and he's fine. It could go two different routes. That's why I'm saying this. But if now is the time to act if you want to try and trade him. Because if something randomly comes out the next couple of days, all right, well, he's going to be shut down for another couple of weeks and, and his value drops even lower. Right. So that's why it's a tough situation. I think you, I would try and sell him right now. I think it has to do with, with how your team's doing, though, too. So if you're 4-0 and that's about true. to be 5-0, and yeah, like you it, can or afford. If you play in Roto and you're, and you're performing well, you can afford to wait on him. I agree with that. So like us, but in, I'm kind of pressing a little bit because I'm about to be two and four, and I need to, I'm going to need to turn it around. Mm-hmm. I have freaking Daniel Murphy and David Dahl who don't play, <laughs> and then I have Stanton who's not playing. Yeah, what am I doing? Everyone on my team, they're riding the bench. We'll see. Maybe you end up three and three, buys you a little more time. Hopefully, let's see what you Darvish does today. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's big. He Darvish. By the way, the the Boyd over Nola thing worked out all right. They ended up basically with the same amount of points. Oh yeah, Boyd pretty good. Boyd did pretty well. What do you think, Craig? Would you try and trade Stanton? So, I, so let's use GST as an example. Where we we're, almost in. we're in second There's place. no trading in that league. Forget that. You, example, example. It's an example. It's a roto league. We're in second place. We go back and forth between first and second right now. We have a, we're in a good spot. We want to win. And that's without Meadows, too. Without Meadows, it's also. Oh, I can't wait till he comes back Friday. Yeah. I wouldn't trade Stanton there if we could. I agree with that. We're all where we are. You, get the, you essentially acquire a trade asset by getting Stanton back if he comes back. Right. Now, am I nervous about being a lost season? Yes. But I see no signs like a surgery is coming or anything like that. We may have to wait. It, it might, may, though. It, it, sure. Shoulder thing. I mean, like, we're not getting any updates, Greg. I know. We're not getting I, no timelines. I, There's nothing. I, I know. The last thing I read, and I was just looking it up while you guys were talking, was you're supposed to hit off a tee earlier this week. Did he do that? I don't know. I haven't seen an update. No, so I saw yesterday that he was limited to soft toss. Yeah. Like, they were just tossing him balls and he was hitting is that worse than off the tee or better than off the tee? Well, the way, the way that they phrased it was limited to soft toss. I took that as a negative connotation. Yeah, it did, they did phrase it as limited to soft toss, yeah. 
Okay. And then you got this. What's going on with the bicep? Also, he's past the bicep. All right. But now he's got the shoulder. That's annoying. It is annoying. But I, I overall, I agree. I think it probably depends on where you stand. Right. But if you're more of a pessimistic, glass half empty like me, <laughs> and you worry about this might be a lost season for Stanton, then. Now might be the time to trade yeah. him before we get more news that he's yeah, dealing with something even major. If you're bottom of the league team out there and you need, you need something, let's mm-hmm. say you need some pitching, or maybe your outfield is in shambles and Stanton's rotten on your IL, trade him. Trade Stanton. You got to make moves if you're in bad shape in your league and you have a guy like that who might not be back for two months. You and, can't just expect it to turn around on its own. You got to turn it around. Right. Right. You got to make moves. But... Some people are in a luxurious position where they're four and zero or something, and you know you could wait. You could afford to wait. I think in your case, or, you or if you wait. drafted like uh, you know Greg Florio myself, so still be in second even without staying. So it looks like pretty, I, I just read the report that you read, and he was limited to soft toss and the T. He's both of them. Okay. Um, it looks like he ain't coming anytime soon. No. And Buster Posey just went on the IL with a concussion, too, Greg. Oh, that's sad. Well, if you listen to me, I told people not to draft Buster. No, I know, but I don't want him to. Yeah, you did. Cost, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's dealing with something, Greg. And it's oh, only yeah. May 9th. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got yeah. a long season ahead of us. We do. We do, indeed. All right. Let's move on. Let's go back to some of the baseball from yesterday's guys. And I wanted to get into uh, what Kyle Hendricks did against Miami. I was joking with Ricky Sanders about him during uh, FanDuel. And all he did was go eight innings, allowed one run, struck out seven against the Marlins. But Marlins and the Cubs was extras anyway, I believe, right? Yeah, I think Madden messed this one up. What did Joe Madden They went 11. What what did he like? Pulled them... well, I mean, he pulled him. It was after eight innings, but um, he was doing fine. He was cruising. I mean, it was eight innings. Yeah, but the the reliever blew it. Ryan comes in, blows it. Well, they said this would be a, a closer by a committee with Pedro Strope now on the IL and Steve Ciszek, um let, see, Basically, you're right. Ryan blew it. Ciszek came in and final blow was was against Steve Ciszek. Right. Um, but Kyle Ryan obviously could not get the job done in the ninth inning. Hendricks is already at 96 pitches. Jose Urania pitched actually very, very well for Miami. Going seven innings, allowing five hits, two runs, walking three, uh, striking out three. The Cubs uh, came back to win it anyway thanks to a Jason Hayward bomb in the 11th. Yeah. Kyle Hendricks' last two starts, that would be 17 innings pitched, zero earned runs, zero walks, only 10 strikeouts. Standard Kyle Hendricks. I mean, I love it though. Performs well against the Marlins is exactly what you were expecting. Didn't expect it against the uh, the Cardinals the last time out, where he goes a complete game shutout. He pitched like ninety pitches in a nine inning start. Uh, only allows four hits, but only has three strikeouts. So you know what you're getting with Kyle Hendricks. You're gonna get some. You're gonna get some really good performances like these past two. But then look at what he did against Arizona. Shall that was ten hits, seven earned runs. So I think. You're going to get a little bit of inconsistency. He's not a guy who's going to strike anyone out. He's a soft tosser. He doesn't walk anyone either, which makes things better. Right. The, the past couple of years, when he really broke out, he was helped by a really low Babbitt because he had a phenomenal defense behind him. Now, the Cubs' defense is it's pretty good. It's getting better. It's not as good as it has been in years past. You know, Schwarber out there. and Yeah, yeah. I don't know if David Bodie's a good fielder, to be honest, but he's been playing more. Um so it seems like the defense isn't, isn't going to hold up his numbers as good as they have been in years past. 
I drafted Kyle Hendricks last year. I owned him in a points league. It seemed like he was really inconsistent, really maddening to watch. Um, he's going to give you quality starts, but overall, just not a fun pitcher to own, man. He's not. <laughs> you really have that bad taste. I know. He's not. He could get shelled because of how slow he throws. Yeah. yeah. But that's the great thing about him is that is this. Like, these last two starts, he realistically could have went nine this game, too. What do you have, 96 pitches? Yes. So he could have went nine, right? So nine innings, to, back-to-back games, complete game shutouts. Like, that's what he could give you. And in a points league, you know, that's like 40 points. Like, that, because the complete game, you get extra points for, you know, yeah. certain leagues. So, because of how deep he could go in games, because he pitches to contact and doesn't throw a lot of pitches, I think that adds value to him. And I, I, I honestly, maybe I overrate him, but I think he's one of the better, you know, better guys to have that doesn't usually K a ton of people. Uh, but, you know, to go that deep, not walk anybody, the whip is low, everything, you know what I mean? I, I, it, the only thing you have to worry about is that he's just not King a ton of people. When once in a while he does, he does have a lot of Ks. We had eleven Ks against Arizona. Uh, someone, you know, I think against Arizona the first time yeah. he faced him. Yep. So I, I I like that. I know that he's inconsistent sometimes and can can get blown up, but he's a valuable starter to have in your. He's a SP three or four to me. Just look at his game log. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about him. Mm-hmm. Eight innings, eight shutout innings last night. Nine innings, complete game shutout last time out against the Cardinals. The time before that, against the Diamondbacks. Five innings, seven earned runs. The time before that, against seven shutout innings with 11 Ks. Then it was only five innings, three runs against the Angels. Four innings, four earned runs against the Brewers. First start of the season, four and a third innings, seven runs, two Ooh, earned. Look at his splits, because it looks like on so the road, is, he's, a lot more, he's a lot worse on the road. A lot worse. All his bad starts on the road. Yeah, I mean, that might be something. But that, that just goes back to the inconsistency. It's just, again, just look at his game log. This is who he is. He's going to give you some really good performances. There's going to be other ones where he gets blown up. I'm telling you, I owned him last yeah. year. Really frustrating pitcher to own, man. But those really good performances are beyond good, too. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You own any Kyle Hendricks this year, Greg? F, no. You did not year? want to do no. that. No. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I argued with Florio before the season. Who was I arguing for? Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels has been pretty good. You were. Cole Hamels has been well, right. who's better? Oh, Sean's begging you. I would think Hendricks, by the way. Yeah. You know something we don't? He was trying to get Andrew Benintendi off Yang. That doesn't seem like, that doesn't seem like a fair deal. Well, I mean, Hendricks is having the better season right now. Oh, come on, don't say that. <laughs> well, come on, he just threw eight shutout innings again last night. Yes. Okay. You mentioned Matt Boyd, Venture. Boyd, Boyd Hamels isn't bad. Boyd went six innings, one run ball, didn't walk anybody. He struck out six. He obviously was, has been awesome, picked up another win. Revel- he's a, a steal in draft. Tyler Skaggs. Not nearly as good. Nope. Uh, we, we had trusted Tyler Skaggs till we didn't trust Tyler Skaggs anymore. Going four and two thirds, eight hits, eight runs, seven earned. Surprised I didn't have him in my lineup. On I the did. Same team with uh, Bauer and McHugh. And McHugh, yeah. Yeah, what a great team that would have been. The only reason I bring up this game uh, is for two, play- two players, one on each team. My man Ronnie Rodriguez continues to dominate, Frank. Let's go. My man. Pick him up in Yahoo. This guy has every eligibility except catcher. He's amazing. I can't jump on board with this. First, Why? second, third, He's shortstop, good. outfield. I picked him up. In a head-to-head league, head-to-head daily lineups with that kind of versatility, Greg, he is gold. Three hits yesterday. He was a home run short of the cycle. Four ribbies. He was batting fifth. Come on, Venture. What's Wait, not, what's is not he to like? good or is he just getting lucky? He's hitting 340. I know, but who is this guy, dude? It's Ronnie Rodriguez. Come I never on, heard you of Ronnie Rodriguez. Ronnie. Ronnie. If it's a guy I never heard of. And not a prospect, top prospect that I, you know, oh, come you on, know. you got to look him up. Who is he? He's a top prospect now. <laughs> yeah, now. I'm making him a top prospect. Forget prospect, top player. All right, how about this, though, Venture? Yeah. 52% hard hit rate. Huh? That's a little more interesting. That's, That's pretty damn good. 
and a 41% fly ball rate. Ronnie! And a 29% line drive rate. Ronnie! All right, I'll buy it in 15 teamers. That's oh. it. Well, you know what? I picked him up in a 14 teamer. All right. Oh, All right. It's a head to head. Ronnie, did we get him last week? Yeah. And he's, he's, in the he's in the lineup. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I was pumped about Ronnie. Um, I just punched my hand. Second baseman in the other game. We talked about him a while back. Well, I'm out of the lineup now, Greg, today. You punched my hand. David Fletcher. All right. Batting over 300 still for the Angels. Three homers, 13 RBI. I know it's limited, but interesting. Yeah, I mean, we spoke about him either last week or two weeks ago. Like two weeks ago, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we said he was like a Jeff McNeil light. Good batting average. Still, still is. Doesn't do a ton. You know, what's crazy is like, Jeff McNeil is like a Daniel Murphy light, and then David Fletcher is like a Jeff McNeil light. Good. So Which he's is like pretty. Uh, he's like a really, really homeless version of Daniel Murphy. <laughs> two minutes to go. Two minutes to go. Just a couple of things left that I want to mention. I was watching the Yankee game, and I saw the Kikuchi like, stuff on his hat. Ooh. Who cares? Like, why do yeah. we do it? Everyone does it. What? You, see, you didn't see, oh, you're at the bar. So well, I was watching the game, but... So, inside, so we had Pine Tar inside, yeah. inside his cat, like a crap ton of it. Oh, and every, and everyone it, makes fun of Michael Pineda and the yeah. Yankees, Pine Tar. But why do you have to do it so blatant, though? Well, it wasn't. It was under his cap. I know, but you said it was a ton of it. Well, the camera's caught. Oh, awesome yeah. start by Kikuchi. Awesome start by Kikuchi. Awesome start by Kyle Gibson. Who starts in a row for Kikuchi? Six innings in a run, 11 strikeouts in Toronto wow. for Kyle Gibson. I want to thank Brad Ziegler for joining us. I want to thank Dr. Ray as well, and of course, everybody downstairs for all of their help. For Chris Venture, Frank Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the Fantasy Best Friends Forever. We'll do it all again tomorrow. We, we hope. hope.